The Arts Guide on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. A look at art, performance, and media happenings in Regina galleries and beyond. Dunlop Art Gallery presents projections by Leuli Shraji and Jessica Karuhanga, guest curated by Gary Barrow. See how the artists address the term projection in relation to queerness, perceptions, and reimagined futures. On now at Dunlop Art Gallery at Central Library in downtown Regina. Visit reginalibrary.ca slash Dunlop Art Gallery for details. The Arts Guide, your link to Regina galleries and arts events in town. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Hey there, sweet babies, it's me. Listen, I found the perfect thing for you, volunteering at Regina Community Radio. I know you love listening to podcasts and making playlists, so maybe you should consider hosting a show. Or you could volunteer on one of their committees or, well, whatever floats your boat. Anyways, think about it. Visit cjtr.ca slash volunteer to find out more. And remember, keep on keeping on. 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Our programming is brought to you by community-minded businesses like the Regina Warehouse District and by listeners like you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you might find out what happens when you set off a thumper, which means you get ultra deep-throated by a sandworm. Uh, (laughs) Today, we are talking all things Dune. And this week, it's only Sean and Jeremy. We are the the Paul and Jessica Atreides, just all by ourselves, and sprinting through the desert. yeah, and uh, as you said earlier, uh, Sonia's out on assignment, so she can't make it today. Mm-hmm. She, uh, you know, she's been sent to this the southern sieges to see what she can find out. Yeah, she's maybe she, she's doing some Arrakis work. Yeah, She'll, as one does, and it'll probably end up fine for her. I'm sure. Totally fine. What could what could possibly happen? She'll just do a rip of spice and be on her on her A game. <laughs> <laughs> I love how easily it is to slip into this lingo, the the Dune yeah. world. Absolutely, I like this this uh, slip of spice idea. That's nice. Oh yeah. Oh God. If I never hear the word spice again in my life, it'll be too soon. Oh really? Oh, it's important, Sean. It is important, but it's also kind of dumb sounding, isn't it? Maybe, maybe I, I think I definitely from I, the I, the eighties one. I was like, they say spice. They're like, ooh, spice, yes, yeah, spice. Let's get some spice. At least in the <laughs> in the new one, they kind of they don't say it that often because it sounds kind of dumb. They like will show how much spice or like show spice in the air. But I I think I think it's a thing where you're just like like okay, there's this really important thing. It's super super important to absolutely everything. Let's just give it a name and then make people understand that it's so important. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's it's almost an intangible idea. But, uh, you know, the amount of times, especially in Lynch's, we'll get into it. But they're, they're just the spice. Yeah. They, there's the all sp- this like whispers of just like, it's spice. <laughs> it's the spice. The um, spice must flow. Okay. Let's talk about the old dune. Um, yeah. So this is from 1984. This is by Monsieur David Lynch. Um, mm-hmm. Starring a very alarmingly baby-faced Kyle MacLachlan for me. Yeah. When I think yeah, of him, I, I he is so. only middle-aged. And, he's just the mayor of Portlandia. Yep. Um, or, yeah, he's, he's Twin Peaks <laughs> is the youngest I can imagine him. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, he's, I wonder how old he was then. Let me look it up. And we've got Francesca Annis. We've got Sting in a great role for him. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Sean Young. Um, 
Toto. Toto does the music. And Brian Which Eno. still, even listening to it, I don't, I have trouble believing that that's Toto. I was like, like Toto he, must be better than I thought Toto was, because I like I liked some of the music. Mm-hmm. I don't really love Toto. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was well done, but yeah, no, it's just this weird, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking of crazy, let's talk about this movie, because mm-hmm. it is, okay, so it begins with a woman giving just a big gob of exposition like she just is like <laughs> just it. okay so this is the world arrakis this is where spice is kept this is this family blah 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 she just like mm-hmm. lays it right out reads four pages of of text to tell us what yeah. the world is like mm-hmm. um and that's not to me very good world building but you know well i think because the next scene if i'm not mistaken are the the guild people going to talk to the emperor which again is just another like five or ten minutes of exposition where he essentially lays out his entire plan like we don't even see paul before all that's in place right no it's it is very like why don't i do this and then they'll have Mm -hmm. to do this yeah yeah talking to that big brain that brain squid mouth (laughs) The that brain thing, squid. That that's thing it. is gross. That's a guild navigator, Sean. That's what that is. Well, no offense, that's... Mr. Guild Navigator, but it was <laughs> that's what those men look like. It was pretty sick. In David Lynch's in David Lynch's world. Yeah. Um but it is this like and and I I think the well, keep talking about keep doing your recap and then we'll maybe get into it at the end here because uh, that's where the real atrocity of David Lynch's Dune well, uh, comes in. It's well, honestly, around here, around the ten minute in mark is when a little bit starts <laughs> to lose the thread, because mm-hmm. you, you know the film is a mess. Like I could barely piece together why we were kept moving from place to place. Like I did not understand the the messianic like prophecy thing. I didn't really get that mm-hmm. until the end. Like I was like. You know, that wasn't really made clear. Mm-hmm. I was very confused by every time they cut to... Or all of the characters, they, all of their thoughts are spoken. Or, like, uh, someone was, narrates it, their inner thoughts. And yeah. I wasn't aware that... I thought that was maybe a power that they had. But I, I realized that it was just their thoughts. <laughs> and it was very... <laughs> right? Like what other uh, yeah, movie is, does that? Just reads the thoughts or narrates the thoughts over a person. Well, well, it's sort of like the the Lynchian soliloquy, you know, where you would step off and the scene would pause as you hear the sort of thoughts of the individual being shouted across the theater. Right. But um, I I remember watching this for the first time. It was a long time ago, maybe like ten or fifteen years. And I think at one point I actually stopped it because I thought I got the wrong movie. Mm. You know, like like I was like, oh, this is some weird other thing, it's and not the this plot is not that it. Was led to believe, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you sort of are able to get into it. the The broad strokes of the plot are that the Atreides family has been given dominion by the Emperor over a planet called Arrakis or Dune. Uh, that is the only place where you can harvest the spice, and it's a desert planet, and there's sandworms there, and they're scary. But ultimately. It is to betray that family so the Emperor can use their rivals against them to, you know, gain more power. And then the second half of the story is, is Paul sort of rising up to, to take over. Yeah, Paul um, and his mother survive the attack on Hell's yes. Atreides and then uh, train a train the people that live on Arrakis to defend themselves and to eventually <laughs> topple the Empire. Um, yeah. And it is like, it's very, you know, that's a great, that's a great story. Um, but is that what you watched? I don't is know. Is that what I watched? I'm not sure. Uh, like, okay, so also, oh man, I don't really know where to start. But something mm-hmm. around around this time, a note that I have is when Patrick Stewart uh, comes in to talk to Kyle McLaughlin. Patrick Stewart is mm-hmm. the like sort of uh, weapons man or like a war trainer. <laughs> um, and yeah. He, and then he and Kyle McLaughlin get in a fight, and they put on these shields, 
that I can only <laughs> describe as like a just like a a fake cube. Like what? What? Yeah. What was this? Sh- it was the craziest um, graphic I've ever seen. It's it was really strange. I think it was an early digital thing. I could be. It looks like it anyway. Um, so so here's here's what happened, Sean. Um, so so I'm. I'm I'm in on all this. Like I've read the book. You're in, and you, you know, like I, I I'm aware. But um, a lot of the stuff that Frank describes, he doesn't really describe. Right. They're he's like, just like like they if put it, on the shield. Yeah. Like like if it's important, you know, he he gets into it, and then if it's not, he sort of just generally rolls over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's kind of what lends well to Dune being a. Uh, a good option for a book to screen because it does allow like so much room for what this thing looks like and how this thing behaves and then in other areas it's very specific like with the um what do they call them the chris knives right like it has to be a tooth from the great worm and all that kind of jazz um but uh lynch really went nuts with it like he, he really in almost every aspect. Yeah, like, I, I think he kind he of went, went nuts, just crazy, but not in a way that I uh, was. I I don't know that wasn't very visually like inventive or anything. It was just kind of. Uh, I think. Well, I, I, I think know. at the time, it, a Maybe. lot of it was a you know like a big deal. Um, the other problem with Dune, the Lynch's Dune, is that it is just there's a lot of zany parts. So, for example, uh, a good a good a good one to bring up always is uh, the Baron Harkonnen, who is the oh evil the I, evil Baron. I love the family Harkonnen. Yeah, it's it's so crazy, right? Like it's just nuts. But he is so fat that he is not able; his bones are not able to support his body, right? So that's yeah. why he has that little flying. So suit. he's hooked up to this sort of jetpack, like anti gravity <laughs> thing. That floats him around like a Thanksgiving like float, um, and right. he also is oozing like pus and pustules. He's disgusting. Yeah. And when we meet him, this scene actually really grossed me out. When we first As meet it him, should. and I was sort of like, uh, a, a slave boy is running into the room and setting up flowers. I don't, I don't know why he chose that time. It's terrible timing. And then mm-hmm. the Baron floats over to him like a s- specter and just, like, assaults him in a way that I don't even really know what happened. He, like, pulls his heart plug out and then just yeah. envelopes him in oil. And it looks like... I'm like, did he eat him? Did he, like... <laughs> assault him i don't know what happened to him it was really disturbing uh, though well that young boy died yeah the uh, young boy did not make clear. it yeah he yeah um real steamrolled uh in, again in the book there's things that are described but not very clearly um the heart plug thing a lot of people are confused by because that was a lynchian like addition yeah well yeah like that's that's not a thing as far as i can recall that was in the book um, but uh, he does do some really gross and weird things, and I think each interpretation has sort of done that a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and like, uh, this one was because yeah. um, he was in like the bish or the Baron is queer in this uh, iteration, um, yeah. and psychotically like rapey. And yes. like incestuous, like he looks at his hot nephew played by Sting, which who is like in the prime of his life, and he's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, and it's so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know. It is this really weird and crazy sort of. Uh, well, I I think all of David Lynch's work is a dream. And I think he's talked about, you know, his connections to dreams. Yeah. And then I think in the the new version, that sort of is pulled through a little bit. Um, but it is this sort of, like, really, I don't want to say comic booky because I don't think that that is the word for it. But it's it is, very like, David very Lynch. Camp, campy, like, 
Not, but not in a fun way. It's just like extreme ideas, extreme over the top. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. Um, which I do think works. And like, I I feel like I can enjoy Dune as a movie that I realize is not that great. Yeah. I didn't have a bad you know, time during the 80s Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had not... I have never... I read the books. I didn't have a connection to Dune. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of... Um, I was coming in at new. But but my, my, my big problem with Lynch's Dune is not in any of those decisions at all. It is in the way that he had to compress so much of what went on to fit it all in. Oh, the third and, um, act is makes no sense. It's just it's like, crazy. We are and moving things along. Uh, the the way it's actually been written and the way the story is actually structured, which I'm sure you have a bit more awareness of now, but is uh, Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and at the end of Act Three, Paul's mom, Paul and his mom go out to the desert. And then the second half has another act one, two, three structure. Right. Um, Where in this uh, film, that's about the, that's like three quarters of the way through. Is is it 25 minutes or something crazy? And um, in the book, Sean, and in the other versions of this, like those events take years, years and years. And you're flying through time. I think like at one point, doesn't he just like kiss Cheney? And then it kind of fades to a shot of the desert, and it's like a voice comes up that says, "Like time passes." It was like, like, like it, it, just... it was like three years pass, and because you can see, because Jessica has a child, and so then yes, in the next scene, Jessica's child is eight years old. But also, they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, because she drank the blue potion or whatever, that water of life." Yeah, the, she also the ages life, in yes. a bizarre way. So I was like, maybe. Maybe she aged eight years mm-hmm. in three years. Also, that little, <laughs> I think that little girl was... Oh, she's creepy, creepy, creepy. She was. But I think she's supposed... Like, I think she's... I honestly think that a lot of the parts of this movie worked really well. You know, like, I I don't know. I can't think of one individual part that was like, oh, I really didn't like this. But uh, it is altogether, that... it's just so much coming at you. <laughs> yeah. And then she has the final face-off with the Baron... Um, yeah, and all she kind of does is just like pull his plug out, and he just floats away. No, no, she doesn't. Uh, she hits him with the uh, Gamjabar. She scratches him with that thing. What is that, it the needle? I think that's the. So at the at the beginning, Paul has to do the test with his hand. Oh, yeah, in yeah. the box, and then she holds the. I think it's like a little weird finger prick thing, and then in the new one, it's sort of a bigger honking oh, needle. Yeah, she hits him with one of those. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's if you get hit with that, then you then you die. That's that's it. There's no right, no no way ahead. But um, yeah, it it is just this like very zany and kind of fun stab at it. And I feel like it could have been eight hours. I think if it was that long, I would like it way more. Well, that's the thing. Is that it? Sh- I guess they sh- it should have all been eight hours. It should have been a miniseries. Um, but obviously that's not how people were ingesting media at the time. Whereas now we can do a two-parter like, uh, Mm -hmm. is happening now. Or honestly, it could have just been a a six-part like series on HBO or something. And I would have also watched that. Yeah. I think, I think had it been made, well, um, you, you have not watched the 2000s version, have you? Um, oh, no, who's that? What's okay, that so one? so I'll, well, I'll just do a little, a quick little recap here. Um, so um, uh, I think it's called uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. Is oh, okay. like if you wanted to look it up, that's actually what it's called. But it was a three-part miniseries done by Sci-Fi. Um, there were a few people in it. William Hurt was in it. Alec Newman. Um, there were other people sort of pop up in here, but they essentially just gave it six hours. Um, and, uh, they, they did a pretty good job. It keeps almost everything in the book in and then adds a few other things. Um, and it's nice to sort of have the time to see things develop and, you know, progress a bit more naturally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they also had some scenes with um, Paul and the princess because the, it, really in the book they never really meet until the end. Um, so it, it is sort of a bit nicer to have that interaction throughout. Um, th- uh, this version is very good. Uh, it's v- very much not as extreme and it is done much cheaper. Okay. <laughs> like they they did not have they did not have the budget that uh that they're in. I'm just looking right now. It's 295 minutes total running time. Okay. Um but uh it does do a better job of re- really just getting the heart of like all these little bits about why this is important and why this is a thing and um there's bits that sort of are more present in other versions and not as much in others. And uh, that's why I... Well, we'll talk about it for the third one. But um, there are a lot of sort of moving targets that a person can clearly choose to hit or not that then sort of make the story a bit more... Well, I don't know. In Lynch's case, absolutely crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because uh, I also watched the documentary um, Jodorowsky's Mm -hmm. Dune... Yes. Uh, I just finished, like, moments before we started recording, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you told me to. And it was very, very interesting. Basically, Alexander Jodorowsky, um, who is an insane visual Chilean filmmaker, was, like, was going to do Dune. He had Mm -hmm. the cast ready. He had all of these amazing just like artists of the from every corner of the globe that like hadn't done films before but he got them he liked what they were doing in their specific area and got them together and he they were about to be they worked on it for like two years he had a entire book of a sketch of every single scene and then right when they were about to film the studio was like this is a insane thing like it's gonna be Mm -hmm four hours and uh, no one's going to want to watch this. (laughs) And so then they just like, the whole thing was scrapped and it was very depressing and like, he basically never made another film or wait, maybe he did just recently, but Uh, No, oh maybe I know that they're, they're, they're moving forward on a few of his other things, but yeah at the time of the documentary, which was like 2013? Yes um, they had not. He had not done another thing because his heart was his heart was broken. His heart was broken uh, because it was his like major baby, and it got it got just waylaid. And also, yeah, all no of the abs- people that he had working on that, or like the the, the documentary is about the butterfly effect of the the book that he made and all the people he assembled because they basically um, formed pop culture in terms of sci fi. Like all of them have mm-hmm. worked on incredible films and brought all of their talents to that. And like, there's just so many ideas that he made for Dune that are now just like in everything. He invented yeah. like so many and, things for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it also, I think that parts of the, I think parts of that made it to Lynch's Dune. Like, I, I think there were some elements that influenced him into getting super crazy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I do wonder because the the one, the, the version of the story we get presented in the documentary is a much more sort of spiritually focused sort of idea of what the distant, distant future could look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is just sort of this crazy idea to think that well, they, they, they highlight this in the documentary, but um, that if it had been, if Dune had come out, Star Wars probably wouldn't have had the impact that it would have had. And we would have been having this conversation about Star Wars, not about Dune, right? Because it could have been, that yeah, one could have sort been of been the, the OG, punch. like, uh, yeah. sci fi blueprint. Yeah. Uh, which crazy. is just kind of crazy, right? Um, um, something else but, that was crazy uh, is that yeah. he cast his son, something that blew my mind, he's cast his son, uh, his, like, 12-year-old son as Paul, and then made mm-hmm. him do a brutal, 
workout regime like six days a week for like two years to train to be Paul. He wanted to be a warrior, man. You know, uh, like it's a crazy. I was like, if my dad made me at the whim <laughs> at his whim, just like, <laughs> like that's insane. I wouldn't appear in this documentary with him. Uh, you might. You don't know. I guess I don't know. It might. Yeah, it 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 is, and it. I I do wonder because I don't really think that they develop films that way at all, and I kind of think the new one was sort of developed with that sort of mentality, but uh, it is just this crazy, crazy, you know, like oh, we're just all gonna go to Paris for two years and draw and paint and write a bunch of stuff and then hope that it becomes a thing. <laughs> Like, yeah, in retrospect, <laughs> they were working under the assumption that it was going to be made. Yeah. Which uh, which I guess they could have just done... Well, I forget why. They just needed more money, I guess. Yeah, they needed a studio it. to take it on, right? Like, they, they made the pitch, essentially, and then it just never got off the ground. But Yeah. That's crazy. There was a lot of wild ideas floating in there. Just casting mm-hmm. Dolly as the emperor... I was like, this guy's a mess. He's throwing things, he's throwing production off uh, everywhere, he's every pay, which way. Paid three three hundred thousand dollars a minute to be in yeah, the film. Yeah, he, he demanded to be the the most paid actor, and they decided to pitch to him since he'd only be on screen for like five minutes that they would pay him like yeah a hundred thousand dollars a minute, and he was like, yeah, yeah, so crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah, do you have anything else to say about the 80s one or... Oh, you know what? Why don't we just put a pin in it or pull a plug on that, as it were? (laughs) And uh, we will be right back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we're back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, We'll be talking more Dune in a minute, but first we'll play a little game, lovely called the game. It's game time, people. What? No air. Yeah, no air. No air horn here. No, yeah, no spice. air horn. Okay. today. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally 25 seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that Sean and hopefully Sonya have not seen. Uh, I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. We all have a grand time. Sean, are you ready to play the game? Yes, I um, presume that we have not I seen was... it. <laughs> you have not seen it. Um, I, I have asked Sonya for a response to this game, so mm-hmm. I will read hers first and give you a chance to sort of get a one-up on her. Okay. This week's title is Dune World. Dune that World. title again, Dune World. All right, Sonya has written in... <clears throat> Okay, I think it's an animated movie starring a ragtag group of anthropomorphic camels who get kidnapped from the Gobi Desert and taken to be part of a new theme park in America called Dune World. And then a group of teen environmentalists tries to liberate all the animals, but the plan goes wrong and the camels end up on the run, on the lamb, if you will, across the American Midwest. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you very much for that very thoughtful... Uh, entry to the game. Sean, your uh, thoughts? A herd of camels? Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Do you know that when a, cam- when a camel's hump is uh, depleted, it just flops over? Yeah, I've seen that. It's weird. It's gross. It's so strange. It's like uh, like when Tilikum's fin folds over at SeaWorld. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> it's That's the same thing. Yeah. Um... Okay, so I believe that Dune World is about, um, it's a little bit of a different thing. It's uh, a theme park ride based on Mm -hmm. the works, on the Dune works. So you hop into this giant sandworm and you're kind of taken through several different worlds. There's spice flying in the air. There's Mm -hmm. floating, like, uh sexual pests like also floating by you trying to grab you it's um, obviously yeah yeah it's very it's a very scary little ride but it's pretty fun you basically <laughs> you're you're paul you're paul and Chenny, okay and you're just kind of whipping floating through, through the yeah wow okay. maybe you get to 
Maybe. Well, actually, no. Never mind. Never mind. So, so, so to clarify, you think this is a literal ride as yes. opposed to a film about a ride? Yeah, I believe it's a literal ride. I think that there's also okay. some projections. Like, there could be some, you know, the actors mm. have made a few little short films that are to keep yeah. you in the thing. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, Sonia, for your thoughtful additions to the game. Um, you're both wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms. No. Um, I had to I had to dig pretty deep on this one. Um, Dune World uh, came out in 2021. Uh, I can't find a date for when it came out. Um, there's a lot of stuff from September, so I'm gonna re- I'm gonna think it was fairly recently. Um, I'm gonna read the entire synopsis for Dune World now. Okay. Uh, a deep space crew takes a job on a mysterious remote planet. A crash landing strands them on a hostile surface. Soon they find out what creatures live there and the hidden fate of the crew before them. And that's it. Um, it it looks like it was shot on film and looks pretty old and kind of weird. Um, I might watch this movie just because it does look kind of strange. How are you going to um, find it? it? It seems like it has no I, footprint. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, Maybe it's yet to come out to uh, theaters or or something. Or maybe um, I'm some just sort of scrubbing. Inter-production uh, spy knew that Dune was coming out, and they told their production company that they got to get a new maybe. Um, it looks extremely low budget, as if it was shot by, you know, a single man with a camera in a basement or something. Oh. Um, the vi- the visuals are bad. It's film. got a one. It's got a one point three star <laughs> rating. Of ten. <laughs> Ooh. That's not what you want. Um, but, um, you know, this this seems like it's a, sort of an independent job, and maybe maybe it's worth checking out. Um, and I think Dune World is clearly inspired by uh, the other Dune films. But um, for the brave, give Dune World at least the one-minute trailer a checkout on, online. Yeah, um, just to a, see what that... Give it one star. So, See what that boy, bad boy's all about. Anyway, uh, Sean and Sonia, thank you guys for playing the game. You're welcome. Sonia, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Um, yep, thank okay, you. Okay, so then let's get into the real bell of the ball, Dune mm-hmm. 2021. Yes. Directed by Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Um, when did you watch this? Um, I watched it um, fairly soon after it came out. Um, I did go to the theater, which mm-hmm. scared me. Um, yeah. I tried to choose a time that uh, I could sort of be a bit more isolated, and it did not work. Um, but um, uh, it was it was very nice to go back there. I did enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, um, Chris, my friend, friend of the show, Christy, and I went um, yep. at like four o'clock. We also were like, no, it'll be there. It's very busy. They also had mm-hmm. taken down the um, plastic dividers that they've had up uh, this whole time. And so then it was oh, there. Yeah, I was no. like, oh, you want me to just sit next to this man? Yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. But then there was also a child, and I was like, oh. Mm. Yeah. You know how kids no, are. At one point in my, in my theater-going experience, I kind of just was like, well, if it's, you know... If, if any of these people sort of immediately r- around me have it, I'm going to get it. You know, like I was, I already, I, you yeah, know. Yeah, it floats I, through I, the air I like had, so I had done many it. spies. Yes. Um, anyway. But anyway, and also, was it like two hours and 40 minutes? Yes, it was. Yeah. But it was great. Uh, I didn't think, it, I thought it flew by. I, oh, like it flew I, I thought by. it was, yeah, it was so well paced. Um, th- I, I think... There's a lot of stuff. So a good example of, of a, a Herbert-ism that's in Dune is a sort of idea that um, uh, we have not, yeah, we have not talked about the the Benny Gesserit, who is Paul's mom and the organization she works for. Right. Uh, but the they're basically the, the, yeah, well, that's what they are. The women who run absolutely everything. Um, but um, in this film, they're very explicit about the fact that um, there is this legend about a, a boy who will come and save all the people of Arrakis. And that um, is what and, I did not get from the other one. I was like, why would he be the person? But then yeah, no, I'm it, like, oh, it's, there's it's a not legend there at all. that the child of one of these women will be 
uh, the the Messiah that will save us all. And yeah. so I was like, oh, it might be Timmy. Like, I did not get, <laughs> I did not have that idea. And also, um, they set up that he's having visions and that he's having sort of a, he's having a bit of a time of it mentally. And so I was yeah. like, he could be it. He's having these dreams. Um, well, and, and you know, it, it is sort of interesting because uh, the whole, there's, there's been a lot of stuff around those sort of white savior situation going yeah. on in, um, in this. And uh, don't get me wrong, that's very much there and very much a part of the story. But it is a lie. Uh, and um, uh, in the book and the miniseries, it's sort of a bit more teased mm-hmm. that like maybe, you know, like on the third watch, you'll kind of get what's going on. But in this one, very much up front, he gets into a car with his mom, and his mom is like, "Here's what's here's what's going down, bro." Yeah, she's like, everyone <laughs> like is obsessed with you, and yes. they're they all everyone is like dressed very like very in sort of Arabic like coated clothes. I'm like, yes. oh, spices, oil, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not far off, Sean. Yeah. Um. But. There's they just improved on so many things in this like yeah uh, they set up the the way that they had Zendaya kind of set up the the world in a f- pretty short like you don't ha- you can just show the world you don't have to say everything yeah. that's going on in it um, and then just sort of the political climate at the time it made me understand everything a lot better mm-hmm. and why things were happening. <laughs> And also just ditch the dumb thoughts being spoken aloud. Yeah. Well, I think they were just trying to jam every bit of exposition they could into the Lynch one. Like, I think they were just, you know, oh, this this legend part gets one sentence and then we'll move along. Um, But like, even there's a part that I found so so egregious in the David Lynch one. When this like sort mm -hmm. of sniper mosquito like comes into his room to kill him. And then Kyle MacLachlan's like, Oh no! If I move, it will kill me. What do I do? I have to stay still. Whereas in this one, it was like Timothy just stayed still and had a scared look on his <laughs> face, and it's like, oh, now we get it. <laughs> like you don't need to spell everything out so intensely. Yeah, I do. I do think, in all fairness, though, there is like they've doubled the runtime, right? So, so to be clear, the new that the Denis version of Dune is only half the story so far. Like we only. You know, like they, yeah, Um, which a lot of people, including father of the show, Dave, was quite frustrated with. Uh, Dave, actually, not happy. He, yeah, he was like, you know, I thought we were going to see the end of the show, and he, you know, he's seen the other film. Um, He's a fan, but you know, he watched it once, and that was enough. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, he was disappointed. I was like, it can't, Dad, it can't be a a five-hour movie. Like, there's no way you can, you know. Yeah, but like, uh, I am happy they're giving it the time a, it needs. It's like the Harry Potter musical where you watch one half in the, and then you come back like a couple hours later and you watch the second half. <laughs> and it's like a five-hour like thing. But yeah, maybe they could do it that way. But that's insane. That's very insane. Um, but uh, this film is so beautiful. Oh, and... it's so beautiful. Uh, there, there were a couple times where I was literally sitting in my chair and I was like, I think I've seen enough sand. Like, like there's just sort of shots of sand, but then they kind of do something cool and I'm back, I'm back in on just seeing like, you know, sort of sandworm is coming and then the sand does its sort of like little dance when you're like, oh no, the sandworm's shaking it up. (laughs) It's coming. Yeah. The sandworm's Um, coming. Um, although sometimes the sandworm doesn't come, like, they're like, it won't come if you do this weird walk, but then a lot of them are not doing the weird walk and the sandworm doesn't come, but, you know, minor Ooh. quibbles. Yeah, minor, minor, minor quibbles. Um, um, but the, also, I like Paul and his mom have such a great relationship in this one. I don't know. Yeah. I liked they set up a, they have this sort of unspoken language, like they use like an ASL sort of way to communicate yeah. that obviously comes in handy for them when they are 
have to fight their way out of an enemy's ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the part that I like the most of this entire thing is that uh, Jessica, as being a member of the order that she's in, what is that? Benny Gesserit? Yeah. She yeah. has this sort of power to use the voice where yeah. it's like a deep, a deep booming voice that makes people do what you say for them. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to teach Timmy and he's not very good at it. But that is like, I thought that was the greatest power. It's so, and it was just so fun. Um, but that, that is in the Lynch one. They I know, do but do it was like, a, not a few as times. like, yeah, it was weird. Like it. And they I had those, like it in that one. <laughs> They, they they had those guns that were a part of it too that kind of didn't make a lot of sense because they yeah. just made it into like a literal weapon right like less about sort of controlling people um but yeah. an interesting I love thing that, Jessica that we is just so much more powerful in this one she's yeah a really she's a real weapon yeah and we could probably do a whole show on the history of doom but we'll probably have to skip it for time requirements but I do think there is something really, really cool going on with the sort of gender parts that are being played with in this as well. Because I don't know if you realize this, Sean, and I might just blow your mind here, okay. but all of the el- elements that are making Paul more powerful are feminine. Like the voices in his head are all women and all of these sort of visiony things. Yeah. And um, like that's that's the whole point of what this group of women who are running everything are doing right like that's that's it's he's sort of been given their power without their sanction um which is a really kind of interesting thing to think yeah. about okay and so jessica is doing with. this off of the off of the grid right like she shouldn't yeah, be teaching she, him his powers and she should and paul should have been a girl which is a thing that she can control she can control them she can pick yeah and uh, but it's because the duke wanted a son, so she gave him a son. Anyway, um, they're trying to like farm the savior, like that's their sort of ultimate goal, which again is quite Christ-like, right? As they sort of like use breeding and stuff to get to this this man who's supposed to lead them, and then Jessica jumps the gun. Yeah, Jessica went um, rogue. Yes, um, which has made which has made Paul. Um, but I I do really I feel like. They did such a good job of making, like, all of, pretty much all of the women are supposed to be very powerful and dangerous. And I feel like they did such a great job doing that. And then the planetologist is actually in, written to be a man. But, oh, yeah, um, she was cool. It was she, so good. She was really badass. Yeah. Just, and, like, pounding um, the sand uh, to eat up yeah. her attackers. That was great. <laughs> so good um, um i i yeah. yeah i did there was the relationship between the duke and jessica like oscar isaac is like he's kind of he's yeah. scared well, he's, of jessica he's like i don't know what you're doing yeah. i don't know what's going on but you know whatever your little hobby is your terrifying <laughs> hobby cut it out please cut it out <laughs> you're destroying our family jessica um, and I also think in this version, um, all, all of the Harkonnens, and they're missing Fade, um, which is which is fine for right now, I think. I think they did a good job casting... Um, who plays the Duke in this one? Why can't uh, I remember his name? Like the, like the Baron? Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Stellan Skarsgård. <coughs> Very unrecognizable yeah, and, Stellan Skarsgård. And... Just like it's a short performance, but it is incredible. Um, yeah. and it's and just so weird and unsettling. He has a he has a part, and in, in the Lynch <coughs> one, there's a a bit of a assassination attempt on the part of the Duke. He is mm-hmm. rendered um, paralyzed by a a rude doctor within his own mm-hmm. ranks. A traitor. A traitor, if you were, a a traitor's traitor. But the doctor is like, here, put this um, poison tooth in, and when you get close to the Baron, just crack it and blow it in his mouth and kill mm-hmm. him. And, and uh, th- that plan yeah. goes terribly in the first one. But uh, I really, Oscar, like, I felt so satisfying for him to, like, really pull it off in this yeah. role. And I, I like how it sort of 
got the whole room. It got the whole scope, room. You yeah. know, I, it felt uh, more. It, it felt more bad, badass to like to actually <laughs> contribute instead of literally them looking at him and being like, "Oh, nice try." Hmm. Um. But uh, I feel like a lot of things are really amped up, and th- there is a lot of subtlety, which is kind of crazy when you're talking about these giant, really like geometric looking spaceships and all of this oh. crazy stuff <coughs> but the um you know are insane yeah that's like at some point yeah like you know they 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 look really good and they look really crazy and they actually built them physically so they were sitting in things you know and yeah. um at one point their sort of city is attacked and uh it is this sort of just crazy terrifying I don't know, like yeah, the Harkonnen assault on them on a, the House of Atreides was amazing. Yeah, um, um, I really enjoyed that whole piece of drama. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, in this version, uh, Gurney is played by uh, Josh Brolin, who's great. Ev- he is great, um, but everyone's kind of bummed out because Gurney is supposed to be. Uh, like a a bard, like he plays a guitar a lot oh. and sings to Paul, and that's why he asked him for a song at one point. But oh. they swapped it out, yeah. Um, but they swapped it out for this like kind of like scripturey quoting move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I thought it was really interesting, but I kind of felt like it was a little bit missing because in the miniseries, Gurney does sort of go for it any sort of a more uh, boisterous fellow um yes. but uh oh no am i miss am i mixing up people is it gurney or duncan Dun- duncan it doesn't matter oh <laughs> anyway, duncan um, is uh duncan is, is jason, jason momoa, momoa. Okay. yeah thank you anyway but um it, yeah it is just sort of a, a bit of a different take which is fine of course because it you know this is another man's reimagining of the whole thing but um, there's a lot of stuff that is identical in all three, in almost every adaptation that we've seen. You know, sort of the, the damn the spice line, you know, it's delivered three different ways in each different sort of iteration. Um, but uh, there are a few pretty, I don't know, fairly major changes to how a few of the characters act. But mm-hmm. uh, this is also very close, I feel, to the book. Um, yeah. Not as uh, yeah, not as well yeah, not as close to the miniseries, but still a very loyal adaptation. And um the music, if we may talk of music for a moment, is like mm-hmm. it's so good. It's yeah. so like otherworldly weirdo and beautiful. Uh even though TikTok and, uh, has ruined I, the one sound for me. <laughs> um Hans Zimmer has made new instruments, and I have not been able to see what they are yet. Um, So I don't know if that's... To show you. Yeah, I don't know if it's like combining old things to make new sounds or what, but they've used the phrase new instruments, and, you know, I'm I'm hearing things that I don't quite understand sometimes, so I'd like to see what Hans, uh, Hans has got going on. But apparently in the pandemic, when a lot of this was being developed, he just had way more time than he normally has like he 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 had you know four times the amount of time to develop and rethink and rework and do all this stuff and i think it i mean i think it shows off i think it's great good for hans for using that time to yeah do some absolutely good work. No, it couldn't be me it wasn't me <laughs> um, can't be can't be you so what else do I have to say? I don't know. So, so Sean, I, yeah. as, as, as a man who has not seen any Dune yeah. and has very recently watched one version and Dune. now the other, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what are you, where, where are you at on this? Well, it actually reminds me a lot of a book series I just read called Luna, which is about mm-hmm. the, a, like a world a community of people that live on the moon and it's like five houses that sort of are always in this death sport to like control the Mm -hmm. moon and they're always like 
houses are falling, like spies are traitoring, and it's. <laughs> and obviously, now I know that their reference came from Dune. But mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, it's like Luna, which was written <laughs> 40 years after. That's your source text. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, are you excited for the second one? I am very excited. I'm because uh, now we get to see the second half ends with, you know, Jessica and Paul running into the desert and then getting uh, accepted into the community of um, Fremen. <laughs> And the Fremen were people that he was dreaming about, and he's like, are these real people? And they are. So now, he's going to train with them for like three years. Mm -hmm. Jessica's going to have a baby, and then they're going to come back and go off on House Harkonnen. And that is going to be very exciting. Um, Really quick, are you mad that you watched the Lynch one first, so that you now know what happens in the second half of the new one? Um... I don't think so, because I feel like I would have mm-hmm. been disappointed uh, mm. either, like, in the Lynch one either way, probably. No, that makes sense. Okay. In a lot of ways. At least now I'm, like, cool. excited to see how they will treat this sort of really messy end of the Lynch one. Like, that they, yeah. can, uh, that they can do better work with with the details they have. I yeah, suppose absolutely. just literally a montage of him training people and then them attacking. <gasps> and that's it. There you go. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, it makes no sense. Oh, and then he drinks the Tide Pod and then he becomes powerful. He does. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, do you have anything left to say about this old series? Uh, we didn't even do a what's nope. watching because we had a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I don't think so. We're we're low on time here. No. Okay. I think. Well, uh, yeah, I think we got to put a pin in it. We have to pull the pull the plug once again until, until part two. Um, I'd like to thank Saskatoon's the Garys for letting us use their song Manituna for our theme song. Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you for letting us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at six, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow and have a good night. See ya. Bye.